Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to Australia's number one daily sports news podcast, The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and if you're looking to stay across the FIFA Women's World Cup, which got underway yesterday, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a result from the tournament. Today, England gained the upper hand in the Ashes 4th Test. Could the Gold Coast come to the rescue for the Commonwealth Games? And how the Aussie contingent are faring after round one of the British Open. But first... The Women's FIFA World Cup is underway. It has begun. But it started with a nightmare for the Matildas. We are getting word that Australian women's captain Sam Kerr is out of the first two matches of the World Cup. Uh, We are hearing that it's due to a calf injury. How? Why? This was meant to be Sam's coronation. She's the best women's striker in the world. She's the captain of her country. And in front of her home fans, she was meant to lead us to World Cup glory. Not everyone gets a happy ending. Kerr, whose injury will be assessed after Australia's second group game against Nigeria, was instead relegated to cheerleader number one on the bench for the team who had to open their World Cup campaign without their talisman. So, with Steph Catley wearing the captain's armband, Australia went to war with Ireland. Near all at halftime, Australia seemed out of sorts without S. Kerr leading the line, with Ireland parking the bus in defence. And then the bus broke down. Takes a big breath. Steph Catley steps up. And puts it home for Australia. The Matildas have scored their first penalty in the 90 minutes of play in their World Cup history. And they've taken the advantage in the second half of Stadium Australia. Commentary courtesy of Australia's host broadcaster of the Cup, Channel 7, Hayley Razzo won a penalty and Captain Catley stepped up to fire Australia into the lead in front of a record 75,000-plus strong crowd. That would remain the final score as the Matildas held strong against some mm, nervy moments in the final minutes, but all that matters is that their World Cup campaign has got off to the perfect start. Meanwhile, New Zealand, the co-hosts of the Cup, with Australia got their tournament off to a winning start as well with a 1-0 win over Norway. Australia began day two of the fourth Ashes test at 8 for 299 with Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark hoping to provide a rearguard action and bulk up their first innings total. But it didn't get off to the best start. Oh, good start. Wonderful start for England and for Anderson. He had a luckless day yesterday. He toiled without reward. It hasn't taken long today. Pat Cummins gone first ball of the day and not long afterwards the innings came to a close with Australia all out for 317. So, what could they offer with ball in hand? Edged, gone. Stark has his first. What a performer he is. Mitch Stark delivered Australia its first scout, knocking over Ben Duckett for just one. But from there, Baz Ball, or rather, Zach Ball, took over. Reverse swept and that'll be a half century for Zach Crawley. Zach Crawley, going at better than a runner ball, began to take Australia's bowling attack apart. First bringing up his 50 and his 100 wasn't far behind. Carved away on the offside. Crawley will sprint back for two surely. His fourth Test Match 100. He has lit up Emirates Old Trafford and the crowd are right into it. And while Moeen Ali and Joe Root both brought up 50s, Day two was all about Zach. And that, his 17th boundary four, brings up his second score in excess of 150. Australia simply had no answer for Crawley and had to rely on Zach getting himself out in the end. Oh, he's dragged it on. Round the wicket and short has eventually worked for Australia and Cameron Green. 
and Zach Crawley has dragged on to end the magnificent innings of 189. 189 from 102 deliveries for Crawley. England ended the day 4 for 384 with a 67-run lead and what could prove to be an unbreakable stranglehold on the fourth test. I can't breathe. Six to seven billion dollars is well and truly too much for a 12-day sporting event. The uh, games will not proceed uh, in Victoria in 2026. Uh, we have informed Commonwealth Games authorities of our decision um, to seek to terminate the contract uh, and to not conduct, not, not host the Games. The press conference heard around the world, or at least throughout the Commonwealth. Victorian Premier Dan Andrews bailing on hosting the 2026 Common Games in regional Victoria because they can't afford it. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? Cash, no. Robbo? No cash. And so the conversation began. Is this the death of the Commonwealth Games? What does this mean for Australia's reputation as a global sporting destination? And why did anyone think a regional Commonwealth Games would be a good idea in the first place? That was a mistake. Yeah, it was. But the more pressing question became, could anywhere else in Australia step up to fill the void left by Victoria? Well, it just so happens that there is a city in the country with better weather who hosted the Games as recently as 2018, has the necessary infrastructure and is a slightly more appealing destination for the visiting athletes. Hollywood on the Gold Coast. Of course, the Gold Coast would be the perfect replacement. Only one problem. On Tuesday, in the absence of Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate, who was on holidays, Deputy Mayor Donna Gates gave the Games a big thumbs down, basically saying they couldn't do it, which I guess puts an end to that. But wait... What's that? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? The Premier of Victoria's uh, lemon. The Gold Coast can turn that into a lemonade. No, it's Gold Coast Mayor Tom Tate throwing a cat amongst the Commonwealth pigeons by declaring that, in fact, the Glitter Strip would be prepared to host the Games on the proviso that the money the federal government had allocated for the regional Games for the event be directed to his budget. So, over to you, Albo. And before we finish up today... Let's just play some golf. The Open, a.k.a. the British Open, got underway last night at Royal Liverpool with our very own Cam Smith out to defend his title. The defending champion, Cameron Smith. Smith is the highest profile of the 10 Aussies in this year's European major, but it was Lucas Herbert who made the best start of the Aussie contingent as he held a share of the lead when he stepped up to the tee on the 17th. And I bet Lucas wishes the round had ended there. Oh, he's heavy at all noon. Oh, no. Oh, no. Lucas, what have you done? Oh, my goodness. Look at that first stance coming our way. He's got to get up the ridge. No, back at his feet. Here we go. This is what's going to happen. Herbert walked onto the green in a share for the lead, and he walked off with a triple bogey, three shots back from the lead. Still, he's the best placed of the Aussies after round one, as well as Minwoo Lee, with both players even, and the big three, Cam Smith, Adam Scott and Jason Day, all one shot behind them at one over. South Africa's Christo Lamprecht, an amateur, leads the way alongside local favourite Tommy Fleetwood at five under the car. And that is your fast, fun, week-ending hit of sport. I'm Liam Flanagan. Remember to make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that little bell icon. Enjoy your weekend of sport. I'll catch you Monday on the scorecard. Listener.